0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Pi Live. I'm Tony Ciccolutti,lo and joined by Mr. Mark Drumheller. Mark, tell him all your information because I got to ask you about the XFL in a little bit. Because I got to fit, you know, you were huge for the gambler covering the XFL. That was like your niche. You did a unbelievable
1: job. So I know that being canceled had to, had to hurt you a little bit, right? It did. It was really tough to swallow. And it's funny because it first happened, and I was like wow, is this really real? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, ah, you know, they're just doing this because of, you know, COVID-19 and the situation and the uncertainty. I said, maybe they bring it back, you know? And then like a day went by and it was even before they filed for bankruptcy, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall. You start reading the articles and it was just like, I just felt bad because it it just, it brought back all those feelings of like, Hey, it's never going to work. And, spring football can never happen. And, and I like it. I think it gives a lot of opportunity to a lot of people um, in media, and coaching, you know, not only the players, yeah. but training. And it gives, you know, they had a lot of women presidents. So they're able to kind of break a lot of boundaries um, and do some things differently than the NFL. And that's why there's a lot of talk about how, like, oh, well, the NFL should buy it and, and run it as, like, a developmental league. And I'm not really interested in that because, like, what I liked about the XFL was it was still football, but it was a little bit different, and they exactly. were able to try new things. So um, it definitely hit home. Uh, you know, after, after I realized it was over, it, uh, it stung because I had plans. I was going to go down to D.C. at the end of March. I, I have a buddy down there, and uh, we we're going to go check out a game. Uh, you know, I had all these plans, things lined up, and, of course, everything went sideways.
0: Man, you'd have been like the uh, Fox Sports a gambler ambassador out there. That's right, months. I would have been oh, out man. there
1: representing. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, but great. we had plans. It was going to be fun, and you know, listen, I just think that you know those secondary leagues, and maybe I'm a little biased because I grew up with the USFL, right when a Baltimore Star oh. winning championships with Jim Moore. Uh, but Jim Moore, yeah, he was the man. But listen, so I'm I'm a little impartial about that stuff, but I just think it, it's better because it gives. You know, it also gives families an affordable option, right? They want to take their kid to go to a game yeah. or whatever. It's not, you know, they don't have to, to, you know, liquidate the CDs to do it, you know. So, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's no, you're, a lot of ways.
0: It's a great point because it not only did it give us, you know, it gave us a fun avenue to watch football, right? And mm-hmm. I had the feeling that it was going to go away because I'm a wrestling guy. I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. And ultimately, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is the backer of the XFL. And if nobody's watching, they have to understand that events are not happening in the WWE. Pay-per-views, mm-hmm. WrestleMania. I mean, there's huge money loss in the WWE right now. So, I just knew, look, he doesn't have the financial backing that he wants to add in order to get this product on the field. So, I, you know, a lot of people were coming out saying, I think it's canceled because it didn't work. It's not that it didn't work. It did work. Problem was, COVID-19 happened and you know this pandemic happened and it kind of just you know encapsulated within the WWE that
1: their revenues were down which kind of
0: hurt the XFL.
1: Mhm. Yeah, 100%. And I think that you know that's really what it came down to is you know it, w- at the time I didn't realize that you know the WWE was partial owners of the XFL cuz it's yeah. always said it's like a separate entity right and then the bankruptcy docs come out and you see they owned like 23% yep. and it was a little different. But even if it wasn't You know, it still comes down to Vince McMahon's net worth. And, you know, so all of it it factors in. And, and, you know, the WWE, uh, you know, losing money, just really the impact, you know, that the COVID-19 had on WWE, like every other sport, just really, I think, put him in a situation where he felt like it's better to cut bait now than to, to drag this thing out into next season when, you know, you might not be able to get fans to the stadium. And, and that's the problem is, is it interrupted all the momentum they had in the first season and flatlined it. And then you got to rebuild that all again, the second season. So it was just, I don't think, you know, you, it's hard to factor in something like this happening and understanding you're going to lose half a season's worth of revenue the first year and still try to survive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's still unfathomable to me to just picture nothing happening right now. It's just like yeah, you know, and then even 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 the the prospects of seasons continuing with no fans. So you know, two thousand twenty one. I seen a report today that said the Walt Disney World is talking about not opening until two thousand twenty one. I mean, this is tremendous the ramifications of this are going to be huge right so th- th- that's that that is the the fear I have and I know that you have when it comes to what we do is our passion and what we do you know in our you know everyday lives and it's not there anymore so that brings us to the NFL draft And I know you've talked a ton about the NFL draft so I don't want to get this whole show on a draft but you are one of the draft masters listen I am not that I am not that guy. I'm not a just soccer guy like some people are, but I am (laughs) actually more than that. Okay, but, you know, I'm I going to ask you a couple questions and because, obviously, thank God for the NFL draft. You've heard me say it on other shows. uh, E-Rock said it the other day on 4th and Joel on the same kind of thing that thank God we have this just for us, for fans, for people to – Give us some positivity, right? Something different on our timelines besides government plans and reopening plans and death and sickness, So, which is great. So what I'm going to ask you is I posted something the other day, my, my, my highly unbiased opinion about what I just foresee may be happening. I, I just don't see the Eagles moving up. I don't see them getting the guy that everybody wants them to get in C.D. Lamb. I, you know, I just think that they're going to stay or they're going to move back. And, and I, I came up with a scenario And tell me if I'm too crazy to where they move back. They trade with, like, say Miami at 26. They get an offensive lineman, specifically maybe like a Cesar Ruiz to take over for Kelsey in a year. And then they trade back into the first round and get a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who I just seen Larry Henry Jr. for phillyinfluence.com, says maybe they take a 21. I say they get a 31. I mean, is
1: something like that out of the realm? Is that that crazy? I don't think it is. I mean, I'm actually, I actually like that scenario that you painted out. Now, I don't know if I would go offensive lineman with that pick. Um, I, well, I would well, like it well, a little well, bit thing. more. Depending if it's on the board, I would like to get Kenneth Murray or an elite linebacker, right? Because one of the main challenges I think one. the Eagles are going to have, they've, they've outside the receiver, there's really two things I think they need to shore up, right? They need to get an athletic linebacker that can cover, um, you know, can cover backs out of the backfields, tight ends. Do those things right because they they haven't been strong at linebacker for a while, and Malcolm Jenkins hid so much <laughs> their vulnerability from their yep. linebacking core, right? Because he was like the Swiss Army knife as far as coverage, right? He could run up and play the run. He could blitz. He could cover tight ends, cover backs out of the backfield. He could cover them all. Now, he didn't cover them all great all the time last year, right? We know the team had struggles with pass defense, but he could do a lot of different things for the defense. So you're removing him and you're putting Jalen Mills out there with, you know, Will Parks, who who's very versatile. He could do some things, at Rodney McLeod. But those safeties don't have a lot of range. And so I think that that's the two things that they really need to kind of fill the loss of Malcolm Jenkins. They got to find a safety that's athletic with range, um, and they got to find a linebacker that's athletic, and just a shutdown middle of the you know the guy you can stick out there on every down, three down linebacker. They can cover, it, athletic, explosive. Um, you know, can play the run game, can play the pass game. You know, they got to get that guy. And if they can get those two things and the and the wide receiver. I think it's a successful draft, right? You come out of it, you're pumped up, you like the way the roster's built, right? But, you know, how they get those pieces, that's for Howie to figure out. But if you get a Kenneth Murray at 21, and then you kind of trade up and get the, uh, you know, into the late first or early second, and then you get a receiver, um, I think a guy like Denzel Milms, you talked about uh, Ayuk, guys like that, right? Jalen Rieger, if he's still there early day two or late day one, Um, You can get him. I don't think there's that much of a drop-off between those guys and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is a lot more polished, but I don't think you lose as much and be able to grab one of those guys and get that linebacker, that Kenneth Murray, um, you know, would definitely be an ideal situation.
0: You know, I, I really like it. You're the third, fourth person that's been selling me on the Merry pick and I and I like it. I just I just can't help myself but feel that the Eagles do not value the linebacker position, which they haven't for years, which is crazy. You think about some of the stiffs that we've had at linebacker over the last 20 years, you know, if, if you disregard Trot and you start naming names, I, I mean, the Stuart Bradleys of the world, right? And, you know, the, the Barry Gardners, the Quinton Caver picks. I mean, these guys, Mark Seminole, I mean, so I would love that pick because I think Murray is tremendous. Uh, he, he's a physical specimen as well. So, but I just, I, I think it's a great scenario. I just, in my own personal feeling, I just feel like they don't value that position enough. But you bring up the receiver. So I thought this, this 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 question intrigued me a little bit because you know these are the top four guys you know in my opinion. Tell me if they're not. But on Twitter, Sports on Solon, which, which posts post a lot of cool uh, a lot of cool votes uh, over the days, and they talk about the NFL draft and they want, they're asking out of these top four receivers who would you envision to be the biggest bust? And they mentioned C.D. Lamb, they mentioned Judy, they mentioned Ruggs. and they mentioned Jefferson. So, out of those you, first of all, would you say they're the top four guys in the draft at receiver? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think they're definitely the top four. So, out of those four, who do you feel could be, you know, the odds-on favorite to be a bust? Um, the
1: biggest bust? I, I think the, 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 the wide receiver in this draft that has the most bust potential yeah. that is the highest rated, I think, is C.D. Lane. Um, now I, I think that Lamb's floor is probably uh, higher than you know than Jefferson's floor, but I, I don't think the expectations are the same between the two, right? So you look at Ceedee Lamb and people saw what he did at Oklahoma in the Big 12, and a lot of people are dialed to him being the number one guy, right? And he reminds me a little bit of Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, he's just he seems like he just has like one speed. He listen, he has he gets like tons you know, yards after the catch. Um, and he gets, you know, a lot of big playability right there. But it's just something about these big 12 receivers. Like, it doesn't seem like he's, he's really challenged as much as when you look at the guys like, you know, Ruggs and Judy, you know, at Alabama. They're playing against, the, you know, the, the top players um, in college football. We, you know, so it's just – I think with Lamb, I, 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 it's not that I don't like him because I would be thrilled if they came away with Lamb. But I would be least surprised, I think, if he turned into a bust than out of the the top three. Now, Jefferson, listen, I think Jefferson kind of is what he is. So he if he ends up being a bust, then you know, I think Jefferson's gonna be kind of like a, you know, a do-it-all guy, almost like a Stephon Diggs light a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I, I think he's gonna be good in the NFL, but I don't think he's going to be that number one, like Julio Jones dominant X receiver, right? He's gonna be in the slot. They're like, oh, he can play outside. He probably can. Like, you could probably move him around. But teams aren't going to be, you know, grabbing their best corner and being like, all right, you need to handle Jefferson. Like, that's probably not going to happen at the next level. So, you know, I think the Eagles are looking for that dominant X guy. And I think that there is is some bust potential with CeeDee Lamb. Listen, I think Ruggs is, is going to be what he's going to be. He has the speed. There's a lot of concerns because guys that are sub-six foot, sub-200 pounds – um, you know typically aren't dominant in the NFL right so but I think it would be between rugs and lamb, but I would be more surprised like I think the the variance is with lamb like he would be he has the potential to be the biggest boss because I think his expectations are higher than the others
0: and that's and that's my issue about moving up and, and mortgaging the the future to get cd lamb and that because i I, I really think that you have to bypass Oakland and the jets in Mm -hmm. order to get up to that 11 or 10 spot. And I just think you mortgage way too much for a guy who's not Julio Jones. Right? Right. There is no Julio Jones in this draft. So that's my biggest concern. And listen, the the history of drafting a receiver the first round for the Eagles isn't great. Uh, you know, I, obviously, there's only three guys in the last 20 years with Jeremy Macklin, Freddie Mitchell. I mean, these, these guys are, are, are not eloquent. These guys have are not been electric. I mean, Macklin had a good 2004-2005, but besides that, he's he's not a number one pick. So that's my biggest concern. And it's funny you mentioned about Ross, with Candace McClain says, you know, that, that's basically John Ross to her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, so,
1: you know, and, and that's – I think it could be, be like – you know, a little bit better than, like, you know, I mean, you listen, You see some of these young guys have great careers, right? Like, Santana yep. Moss is pretty good. Like, you know, like they, it's not that they can't succeed. And and, and Rugs could be better than all of them, you know what I mean? But, you know, you got to worry about, you know, with his size, injuries, things like that, right? And these speed guys, right, they get these hamstrings. You know, it's cold in Philadelphia, right? It's not, <laughs> you know, it's not all sunshine every day. So, you know, when Deshaun Jackson was in Tampa, if you remember when they did hard knocks, he talked about how, you know, he wouldn't go back to Philadelphia because it was too cold. He talked about he wanted to be in hot weather states because of his hamstrings. So I think when you're dealing with really like four two burners with guys like that, um, I, I think you have to worry about the injuries a little more than, you know, with a Judy or with a Lamb. You know, so I, I think that, you know, Ruggs can be a great receiver in this league, but, you know, there's also some potential there to like is he going to be available all the time because it's just you take these smaller guys – you know, I know Tyree Kill, you know, doing great with the uh, with the Chiefs, but I think what a lot of people try and do, it's the same thing with Mahomes. Everyone's trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Well, there isn't one. You know what I mean? And, and there's not another Tyree Kill either, so you can't go and keep trying to chase that. Uh, you know, you got to <laughs> evaluate the players for who they are and see who's going to work the best in your system.
0: Well, one thing for sure, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting how they – do the entire draft. We, we've talked about this before, the whole virtual thing and how it's going to work out, and we'll get into a little fun question later. But, you know, talking about Philadelphia and sticking in that that that, that whole Philly-centric athlete work, you know, Philly Voice, Matt Mullins posted a really good article about the top 50 athletes in Philadelphia, and he lists the top 10 today. And I'm going to name them. And I, I, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are, if you, if you would switch anybody, because I, I, I would flop a couple guys. But, you know, from 10 to 1, he mentions Brandon Brooks at 10, followed by Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Lane Johnson, JT Romuto, Fletcher Cox at 5, followed by Ben Simmons, Carson Wentz, Bryce Harper, and Joel Embiid at 1. and In my opinion, I don't think Joe's number one. I think Carson Wentz to me is number one, in my opinion. And I think you flop Bryce Harper to three and you put Joe at two. So I, I would actually go Wentz at one, Joe at two, and and
1: uh, Harper at three. I don't know. What about you? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Right? You know, it really is because it's like, you know, I mean, if, if we're talking about potential, right, then I think Joe's one, right? Because I think Joe can go down as one of the NBA's best players of all time if he works at it, right, if he does what he needs to do and gets it done. How much confidence you have in that, I don't know. But you you can look at all, you know, Bryce Harper the same way, right? Bryce Harper had his MVP season, and, you know, then it was like kind of, you know, a little up and down. Does he meet expectations? Does he not? You know, still an awesome player, right? But, you know, I think Joel Embiid is probably the one that's most likely to, to rack up MVPs if he, if he puts in the work. But that's the big question. And Wentz, of course, you know, listen – they win a Super Bowl, and it's Carson Wentz immediately, right? <laughs> because the Eagles are king, and the quarterback's king of the NFL. So And and he has the talent. He can do it. You know what I mean? Like, they just – you know, we saw last year. You know, he doesn't get hurt in that game. Who knows what they end up doing, you know, against the Seahawks. They could win that game. They can move on. And he was doing it with, you know, the bare minimum um, at wide receiver. So, you know, get him some talent. And uh, talent around him at, at the wideout position, and he can make it happen too. So it, it's a really, it's a really good list when you look yeah. at it. But it's hard to kind of, it's almost like you run into when you're comparing errors when you're trying to like compare different leagues, right? right. So it's, it's it's hard because you know Carson Wentz much more important to the to the Eagles than than Bryce Harper is to the Phillies, right? What uh,
0: what if you looked at the list? Because I was kind of looking at it as of like a fandom kind of way, like mm-hmm. as popularity. You know those top ten at that—that's kind of the way I was looking at it. What you said is spot on, but in my when I'm looking at is in popularity wise, I just think Carson Wentz to me is the number one athlete in this in, in this town. Just it just my opinion because the
1: Eagles are the number one team. You might be right, but the challenge is is Bryce is going to get the ladies. Yeah, Bryce is getting all the ladies. <laughs> You know what I mean, and that's the thing. You got to look at that, right? Remember when the Phillies were winning? It was oh, Pat Burrell, right? Jason Burrell. Worth. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean, Jason <laughs> Worth. You know, he. I mean, listen, I'm better looking than Jason Worth. Give me a break with that guy. But he's out there, you know, in the tight pants, hitting home runs. People are all over it. So, you know, listen, I think that the baseball players have a little bit of advantage there in popularity because they're going to get the they're going to get the female vote.
0: You met, you know, you mentioned MVP with Harper and and. That's the one thing that kills me about this baseball year when hopefully it resumes, whether it be in this Texas, Arizona, Florida time caps or whatever it's going to be. But I swore coming in this year, you know, to see him break out in spring training again, just to see him so relaxed and fired up that I swore it's going to be MVP year for for Bryce Harper. Uh, There was no doubt about it. He was like one of my top ten guys on my draft board for my fantasy baseball league. I mean, I was just all in on Bryce, and it just sucks so much that all that enthusiasm kind of just died. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, number one, does baseball resume? Number two, how is it portrayed? And number three, how do the players kind of, you know, I wouldn't say develop, but, you know, how do they coincide with this whole, you know, three-city stadium kind of feel with no
1: fans. I, I, It's going to be really weird. Yeah, and it's going to be hard, I think, for, you know, the different types of players, right? So when you look at a player like Bryce, he feeds off the fans. Right. So, like, I think that helps him. You know, and, and those fans aren't going to be there, right? So it's uh, it's going to be a little bit different where if you have a player that's more of an introvert, right, doesn't even just tunnels everything out, you know, they're going to be able to succeed more. It's going to impact them less. So there's definitely a different dynamic, but I love the fact that Girardi's in there, right, like Harper, has oh. a manager that can really talk to them, you know, about something besides coconut oil. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really going to help him out a ton because it's, he's going to make the players around them better as well. So I think Harper could be in for a huge season, but you know, how this thing plays out and how it impacts, you know, individual players is, is, you know, it's going to be tough. Is it, who knows? You know what I mean? It's all like uh uncharted territory for it, everybody. It, it
0: really, it really is. And, and, and I have to ask, I, I want your opinion on this and it, it's, it just come to me because we're talking about baseball and, and I know Angel, I'm not an Angelo Cataldi guy. He got killed for kind of going at Mike Trout for coming out about Trout's comments about not wanting to be quarantined and, you know, not wanting to, you know, w- w- you know play baseball and things of that nature. And I kind of agreed with him. I agree with Cataldi, which I, I don't normally do. But, right. you know, in my opinion, and tell me how you feel, but my opinion is Mike Trout's duty to Major League Baseball, you know, when, when – 9/11 happened, and baseball was canceled for what a week, maybe a couple days. I I forget exactly how long it was, but the first game was I think was in Yankee Stadium. If I if I'm, I'm I'm correct, but your job is to lead. Your job's not to say no because you know there's guys like myself and everybody else that are still working, they that are still out there working, and you're getting paid a ton of money. And I'm not saying that your life shouldn't be important. That has nothing to do with it, but. If, if there's an option for you to be safe, if there's an option for you to play on, I, I, I think you should be the guy pushing it, not the guy saying no, 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 no. Just my opinion, especially
1: when you're the leader of Major League Baseball. Am I wrong? Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I can understand where you're coming from, but I think the problem is, is in the scenario that you're portraying, there's a lot of ifs, right? Like okay. if they can do it and make it safe and if this happens. And the bottom line is, is you know, there's not a country in, in earth that has, has gotten this thing right yet. Right. Like before it was, you know, don't wear a mask. Now it's, don't wear a mask. You'll be safe. Now it's like, you better wear a mask. Don't go outside without a mask. Or you're going to get arrested. Right. So, it, you know, <laughs> like we, it's all over the place. We don't know what, what this thing is like. And now they're just trying to ship him away from his family and, you know, send him to, to Arizona or wherever and tell him to live in a bubble for six months and hope everything's okay at home. Like, I can understand that. Like, his number one duty is to his family, right? And you're a family man. I'm Absolutely. a family man. I wouldn't do that if I wasn't, you know, able to guarantee that there's safety. And I don't think they're going to be able to guarantee safety. So, but, so but, that's but my, but,
0: the, but my thing is, you're never guaranteed, right? So mm-hmm. my whole thing is, you know, you, you and, and I'm not downplaying this at all. Trust me. I, 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 The family aspect is number one. I completely agree. I'm just looking at it in the sense of, I don't think you can just throw it throw it out into the trash right away without trying to accept the concept because you can never be guaranteed. Life is never every day is not guaranteed. So, you know, if you're proposed a plan to give you as much as much of a guarantee as possible, I think you deserve, or I think I should say, the players deserve you as a leader to at least look at it and try to see if it can work Then right away just dispelling it and say, no way,
1: can't do it. So that, that, that's my point. This thing yeah. was too quick to come off and just quick. expel yeah. it right away. He should, probably should have came and said, listen, I got a lot of concerns. Right. You know, I don't know if this is in the best interest of anybody, that kind of thing. His approach may have been off, but um, I understand where he's coming from. But I think that us as fans, too, like, you know, I was reading a lot of articles on this, and there is a lot of logistics that are behind this that is really I think makes people that are close to baseball feel like it it is kind of like pie in the sky. Like it's not going to happen. Cause even if you quarantine these people, right. You have to quarantine almost everybody that comes into contact with them. So you're quarantining the people that give them the food. You're quarantining all the people that work in a hotel. You're quarantining the cooks at the hotel. You're quarantining all those people. You're testing all those people, right? Like, we don't have enough tests. And and now you got to test all these people that come in contact with them. And then, again, you know, not to make light of the situation, but it's a lot to ask somebody to quarantine themselves for several, several months, right? Like, we have to worry about... NFL players or athletes in general, any of these leagues, of what they're going to do when they get a bye week, right? What are they going to do when they get a week of free time? We're hoping that they don't get in trouble or or something doesn't go go sideways, right? So, you know, like we see athletes make poor judgment decisions, you know, all the time, right? And, and just like every human does, right? But it's, but I think like to lock, uh, you know, multi-millionaires up for, for several months and to think that, you know, that's going to be a safe environment. I don't know if it is. Like, it only takes one guy to break code and to go down the street to the store or whatever when he's not supposed to or, or, or break whatever, you know, rules you put in place to guarantee the safety, and then everybody could be impacted. And that's kind of the challenge, you know what I mean? And I, I don't think the players are interested in being quarantined for five or six months, to be honest with you. Like, it's listen, a long time. Yeah. Listen, you got no smoke. You got no girls. You got no nothing. Right, you, you're six months and you're in the hotel room, you're getting bread and you know, you might get a nice meal, but you got nothing, dude. let me boring. tell you, man.
0: You the know video the
1: video section is going to go up.
0: dramatic. Pornhub's is going to go through. That's the roof. what
1: I'm saying, dude. You got nothing, dude. You don't got nothing going on. So, you know, you're just sitting there doing nothing for months. So, I don't, I don't listen if I was a player and I got 2200 million, 50 million, whatever, 5 million, right? Even if I was, you know, not a good player, right? I'm not signing up for that. I'm good. I'll stay home, count my money. So, so,
0: so let me let me parlay this into your opinion on does anything continue? Does anything happen in 2020?
1: I think that things are going to happen in order for things to happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not convinced that – I know that everyone's excited about the draft and I'm not convinced that football starts on time. I don't think it's neither. going to depend on – you know, and this is part of my concern with baseball, right? It's going to depend on – how these leagues, how successful they are when they do open up, right? And and the the, the scariest part of that to me is that baseball, who has a history of not getting anything right, might be the ones leading the charge, right? So if baseball goes out and fails, and, and it turns into a little bit of a disaster, right, then I think that sets all the other sports back. And that's why I'm kind of concerned with baseball lead. I'm almost like, let's just shut everything down until football because I have a little more confidence. They can get it right. The NFL. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause they have a little bit better of a history, but it's um, it, it's, it, I mean, right now, like, I, you know, I don't know, like if we can get more testing, if we can get more, you know, if, if we get some kind of way to corral it, like, sure. I, I think it can happen, but it's hard to imagine like that that's going to happen, but it, who knows, right? Like yes. we we feel like we've been doing this forever and let's be honest, it's been like five weeks since the go bear thing, right? Like it really hasn't been. So for us to try and project what's going to, what it's going to be like in September, it's just crazy. Like we don't, nah, you're right. like the doctors are working around the clock, right? I'm not saying they're going to wake up and find a vaccine, but they may wake up and find something that gives us the ability to do something. To, to make us a little more safe, right?
0: Yeah, they need, they need I mean, listen, we, we know how vaccines work and it's not going to happen overnight, but if they can find some kind of a treatment plan or, or right. something to where, you know, you get sick and you find out, you know, you're positive here, take your z pack and your, you know, and your steroid, whatever it is, and, you know, you'll be good. Yeah.
1: The, the I'm not problem, a doctor. You know? But if they can, you know, so I don't have these answers, but I'm right. also smart enough to know that like, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, exactly. so they, they probably have a better idea of the different things that can happen within the next couple months to make it a little bit safer, even if it's not a vaccine. But um i you know i i definitely think things can happen i mean dude the whole world's working on this thing so I, i'm not closing yep. the door on it i'm just saying the way it looks right now like i wouldn't be comfortable going to a stadium today
0: no li- uh, listen know. listen i'm not going
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i watch it on tv i like you know i do, do it from the couch
0: yeah but, that's uh, that's as far as i'm going and, and you know we, we've seen the nba try the whole horse experiment which what's absolutely sucked is shame yeah. you know it, it, they they it tried who knows but now we're talking about, you know, the the, the, the uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. It looks like it's going to happen Sunday, May 24th. And it looks like the pairing is going to be Tiger and Peyton against Phil and Tom. And, you know, things like that I think will continue to happen. Uh, you know, obviously the PGA Tour opens up in June, right? I think they said it's going to open up in June with no fans. And, yep, and obviously – Right, and, and that's easier, right? You, yep. you can – I mean, obviously, golf is one of the easiest sports to be able to control. But I think I'm very intrigued about this, this this Paris, the, the, you know, the, the, the twosome, two versus two here because I'm a huge Tiger guy, and I, I, I get it. He's not 25 anymore, and I understand. And Phil Mickelson's not 25 anymore, but it brings back memories, man, of the, that Tiger-Phil battle. Every single tournament, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a golf guy. I'm not a huge golf guy. I I was a golf guy because of of Tiger Woods. I mean, he was the Michael Jordan of golf. Let's face it. He brought us all in. And, you know, I used to watch the senior tour back in the day. And You know, like Lee Trevino and Chichi Rodriguez and Payne Stewart before he passed. But now that you have Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson on screen, then you have the legends, Tom the
1: Goat, Against Peyton, I, I think it's good TV. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah, I love it. So now, how are they doing it? Educate me here on this. Is it going to be like are they each? Is it, are they going to mix it up? Like it's going to be one on each side. Like is it going to be like Tom and Tiger against Phil and? Or are they just all every man for themselves? No, as of now, the way they have it, it's going to be two v two,
0: and it's going to be Tiger pair with Peyton against okay. Phil and Tom against I mean, phil and tom okay, yeah right, yeah right. so that's that's basically how it's going to happen and you know obviously it'll all be for charity it's going to be televised i think on tnt uh live stream too so i mean they, yeah. they have a lot of uh it's going to be produced a lot better than the nba horse i could tell so, you that so here's the
1: thing right <laughs> if you're tom right do you golf with the rings oh you like have you to. wear the rings while you're you golfing? have to <laughs> And you have, to, you have to show the hand, right? You, you, you yeah. got to show the hand right away. It's got to happen. You gotta, dude, you got to go out there at the rings, dude.
0: Yeah. I, you, 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 you just absolutely have but to. But, no, I mind.
1: think it's great. I think something like that, if they can do it, you know, they make it safe. Obviously, golf's a little easier. It's not team sport. Um, you know, I listen, I, I think the fans will be much better than the horse. The horse was a disaster. They should have called it, it worse. Was. If they got rid of the H and made a W, made it just worse. Because that's what it really did. It made everything Oof. worse. But – uh. I, yeah. I watched it for like 10 minutes, and I was done. And yeah, I, was done. I, I, I watched
0: Mike Conley uh, so, uh, uh, against the, the one of the WNBA girls. I forget who they were, but yeah. uh, the, the the video was just choppy. It was just like, yeah. you know, it wasn't even, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, you know, I was like, wait a minute. I had I played better horse games with my boys in my driveway. I mean, right. it, it was just – I mean, they tried. It failed. I mean, there will be more experiments that will probably fail through this whole thing, but – um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the golf, definitely, because I think after the NFL drafts will probably be the only sporting event that we have uh, in the next month after the draft. So
1: it'll give us something to look at. Well, for. I think, too, it gives, it gives everybody kind of an opportunity to see Brady and Manning in a different light if they play it up the right way, right? True. If they're talking smack to each other and they're having fun and doing that kind of stuff, because yeah. I think they are competitive and I think they do that kind of stuff behind the scenes. But it gives them an outlet to do it. And I think Tom nails. is, um, you know, a little bit more of a free spirit, right? We saw him go on Stern, open up a little bit. Yeah. And you now he's down in Tampa. He's got Gronk over there. So I think, you know, you're going to see a little bit of a different Tom Brady um, that he's outside New England. So I think it could be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And and let's end on this. And we're going to bring us back right back to the draft. And a little fun question because uh, every time we would do the PI Lives with Sean and we, we, we all together and hopefully we can all get back together one day eventually, we would always have some kind of fun segment. So I, I, I picked who would be in your war room. So basically we know these virtual draft rooms now. And let's just say for the hell of it that, you know social distancing wasn't an issue and but it was virtual so let's say that you had it be in your own house or your own private establishment but you could invite whoever you want it okay whether it be people okay you, you name some people you'd like to have in there what's their food of choice and the music that you're listening to in between picks to kind of get everybody hyped up like you know something fun what do you think you know i'm curious who would be in who would be in the x-man's draft room when it comes for the nfl draft
1: well the music i gotta go dmx i gotta go x one <laughs> and right i gotta have that blasting in the draft room right that's how we're gonna do it because we're gonna be high energy in there um and then you know who i'd want in there is tough man because i'm a little bit of an introvert like when i pictured um you know they show howie roseman and his setup and john lynch like if they showed me it would be like a dark cave with a computer screen and my hood up And I'd have a tall glass of something and I wouldn't want to deal with nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody because I would be a hundred percent business. But if we're going to make it like a little bit of a party, I had to be in there. It's a tough decision, man, because I would need somebody that that could crunch the numbers. I would need some kind of analytics guy in there or maybe, you know what, dude, maybe, maybe I get De Niro in there to cut some trees. There you go. Maybe I get Robert De Niro in there. To, to make some deals for me to get it done. And, uh, you know, so that way I can move up, move down, be a little bit flexible, but, uh, that, that would be a good one to get them in there. Um, listen, i would bring Denzel in there, right. You got to have a uh, training day, Denzel in there. Accent, dude, King Kong, uh, you know, <laughs> great, great time. that's how, yeah, that's how you get those. That's how you get those deals done. But, um, probably be those two in there and then food. Who cares, man? We're ordering everything, right? doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Whatever we need, we're getting in there because once you go in, you can't get out.
0: Yeah, until the draft's over. You're right. You're right. And you got to have something. So I, I I like where you went with the music part because we're kind of on the same angle. Because I'm a '90s hip hop guy, so I, I gotta have some 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 Renee, some Lost Boys, and some Wu Tang in the nice. background. A kind Yellow, of ghost ca- face. Ca- Yo, know, Cash rules everything around me, right? So yeah, perfect yeah. song for the war room. And you talk about people. I'm a little different, so I was thinking a little a little more edgy. So I don't know if you watch the show Ballers, but I want Spencer Strassmore and Joe Crattel at my draft room, right? So because Joe Tell is he, – he, he's a numbers guy. And Strassmore, he's going to get me whoever I want, and I want Candace Brewer on the sideline, not only because she is smoking, but <laughs> also because she is ruthless. And I'm sure she could get me up and down the draft board as many times. And food of choice, got to get – like you said, we're going to eat a lot so i don't want to get overfull. i need picky food so you give me like a thousand chick-fil-a nuggets with some honey mustard sauce and some rita's water, ice. Oh, I, I, I some water ice and Chick-fil-A nuggets sauce? and i'm good
1: you don't do the chick-fil-a sauce
0: nah you know what i'm not a big chick-fil-a sauce
1: guy yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 dude, the Polynesian,
0: i like the polynesian a little bit but i'm a honey mustard guy all the all the way
1: all the you. way all right all right all right so uh, we, either,
0: either, one thing for sure we'd have some 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 fun draft rooms. I'm I'm oh, curious to see uh, out of our squad what some of their draft rooms would look like. I I'd like to know what Adrian Feku's draft room would look
1: like. Could I'm you imagine? That. I'll tell you. That, now that would be something. But uh, it, it, <laughs> I, it this and that's the part about this draft that I think is most interesting. I'm hoping that they get this right. Yeah. And we get a lot more access inside the draft room. I think that's really I, what I want because as a kid. You have to, don't you? That's always what you want. It's always been this, was, <clears throat> like, enigma. That like, oh, what happens behind these doors? And how are these guys, you know, when they're talking on the phone, doing the trades? And, you know, when you're a kid, you see, the, you know, the, the commissioner, he holds up the – or the GM holds up the helmet phone. Remember he said the – big Oh, phone? yeah. Yep. You're like, oh, they're firing up their, their trade. <laughs> they're going to do a trade, you know? And uh, – But, like, I want to see stuff happen real time. And I I hope you get to see it. I hope they give the fans the access. That was one of the things from the XFL that I think they did really good is they gave you access to a lot of different things you didn't usually see. And I think that there's a huge opportunity for the NFL to do the same.
0: Oh, I I agree. I'm just hoping everything – can you imagine if, like, the Internet crashes
1: or, like – I mean – Right? I mean (laughs) – there's so many things that can go wrong with this. That's really my insane. only disappointment is that they said that they're not skipping anybody because I, everyone's been in the fantasy football draft and they're just like, uh, skip yeah. that dude, yeah. like skip yeah. him, <laughs> forget him. And they're they're like drafted, like it's like the fourth round and they're like, oh, Christian McCaffrey, he's not drafted yet, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I, you know, I want to see somebody draft somebody that's already been taken. I want to see yep. people get skipped. I want to see all the pain uh. that we go through. Uh, you know, every fantasy football season. That's a good target. point,
0: man. How many times? suspend Suspended draft? I didn't want that pick. Back up, yeah. back up.
1: <laughs> Balls, back up. Yeah. You know, and you're just oh, like, man. Jesus Christ, we're not – or auto-pick. You know, how great would it be if Dave <laughs> Gettleman gets auto-picked with the fourth draft pick, yeah, you know dude. what I mean? <laughs> it would be fantastic. And, that, and then you could do a 30-for-30 30 30 on them getting auto-picked at the fourth oh. pick. And yeah, you can, you're right. You can make a ton, dude. You're right. You know what I mean? And like, absolutely kinda, right. It's a good point. They should just, I mean, even set it up, dude. Who cares? That but, would be uh, awesome. It would be it, hysterical,
0: dude. Uh, it's it, listen. So all, all I know is, and you know, something's going to happen. Something, everything's not going to flow completely 100. Something's going to come up. Something's going to happen. There's going to be some really good moments and some not good moments, and you know who's going to be that Joe LMB moment when they get drafted. In a, Cameras go to them, and they're not expecting it. Or,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. It will, and you know, you see people slide, right? You see them slide, and yep. you know, whether it's one of the quarterbacks, Tua, Herbert, all those guys, um, you know, listen, there's always there's that stuff always happens. And, uh, you know, you see them home. They're just pouring themselves drinks, going crazy, oh. you know, watching the draft board ready to strangle somebody. Yeah, let me you tell know? you something. I,
0: I want to see the first player they go to that's got, like, a 100 deep in their room, like, just yeah, yeah.
1: all <laughs> social distancing,
0: every, every requirement <laughs> Can you possible.
1: imagine? Oh, my gosh. It would be <laughs> nuts, dude. Uh, they have would. a party in there, dude. Oh, uh, like, it
0: would. Either way, Prescott man, and Ezekiel it,
1: Elliott are in there. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but yo man this has been great mark let, let, let everybody know where they can find you i'm gonna get it wrong with the underscore so let everybody know where you go
1: now you're good x underscore drum heller d-r-u-m-h-e-l-l-e-r uh you can get me every thursday on uh 102.5 fm fox sports the gambler you can stream it on the iHeartRadio app
0: beautiful man beautiful i'm tony jake socotillo and again you get get us both whether it be on the gamble whether it be on Phillyinfluencer.com. Mark does things on his own, whether it be fourth and go. He was on the uh, Rising Fire podcast this week, right? I was, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, I like that part. You know, that was pretty cool. Did some nice videos with John Jansen. Uh, you know, we got a lot of things going on. So, uh, you know, join us again. PI Live. Subscribe to the podcast. It's everywhere right now. Should be on iTunes within a week. And we're going to have a lot of different personalities on here, which is going to be great. So, everybody enjoy the draft. And we'll probably catch you. We'll do this again. Probably another week, Mark, all right? Absolutely. Sounds good, man. Look forward to it. All right. See you everybody. See you next time.